0: Oh, look, it's a truck. What's it got in it? Turkey? Sounds good. Hop in. Let's go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes and instead, get up close and personal with the lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior of some of history's most notable and beloved people. And I know this is jumping the gun a little bit on at least 50% of our heroes this week. Yes. But I think it's important to mention that contrary to what he believes, our dog Clyde is actually not one of history's most beloved or memorable people.
0: Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hard time forgetting him.
1: Oh yes. So I mean he is unforgettable. I'm not sure that makes him beloved.
0: That does not.
1: For folks who are longtime listeners, Clyde is our dog who routinely makes an appearance by snoring loudly or scratching.
0: Or just barking in the background for no reason.
1: Right. He's deaf, almost deaf, nearly blind. He just sees ghosts at this Mm -hmm. point. Yes. But on the plus side, he's sleeping 23 hours a day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Just wake up, bark at ghosts, go on a walk, go back to sleep. We should all be so lucky.
1: Right. He's lived his life. He's gone down in flames (laughs) many times. Like the second day we got him, he ran away and you had to chase him down a highway.
0: Yes. That was almost the end of him. It was. But he could have gone out in a blaze of glory doing what he loved. Speaking of which, speaking of which, (laughs) let's just cut to the chase. Mm -hmm. This week's hero, Bonnie and Clyde. What do you know about Bonnie and Clyde?
1: I know a lot about one very particular set of Bonnie and Clydes, and that's the 03 Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) Okay. For our Gen Z listeners who were (laughs) born in 2003, that's a reference to Beyonce (laughs) and Jay-Z, one of their first collaborations... And the song was called 03 Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. And it it's a banger.
0: Uh, it also turned out much better than our hero's story this week. Again. There was
1: Lemonade. There was, was it 444? Yes. Okay, so, you know, they've been through it.
0: I'm just saying, it still definitely turned out better than this week's hero. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it this way. This week's hero did not end up in the Louvre.
1: Oh, yeah. They probably did not have shit go down when there's a billion dollars in an elevator.
0: No, they either. they should have been so lucky. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like this is a very long way for you to say you don't know that much about this week's hero.
1: I know. Actually, I would say more than most week's heroes. Mm. I know the cultural canon of Bonnie and Clyde. That's what I know. I know the like lovers shot dead robbers like that's all i know
0: most of that is due to this 1967 film Mm. that came out that really revived their story you know a couple decades back Mm. and got and made up just most of the story which was totally not true
1: i hope that's how my biopic in the future goes when i'm dead (laughs) somebody just (laughs) fills in the gaps and makes it so much more romantic
0: fingers crossed that when you go down in a blaze of glory Mm. it becomes a tale for the ages
1: chasing a coyote across the street just like Clyde (laughs) yes (laughs) we share a blazing glory (laughs) let's dive in okay uh
0: we're gonna start with Bonnie so they were both born around the same time Bonnie was born in 1910 born Bonnie Elizabeth Parker in Rowena Texas which is uh in Texas don't know where didn't look it up nope uh (laughs) second of three children (laughs) Her father was a bricklayer who died when she was only a year old. So she grew up mostly fatherless and she loved music growing up. I do know that they were in West Texas because she would do things like sing in school pageants and talent shows out in the area. She was bright. She was pretty. And she was a big movie fan. She always told her friends she would have her name in lights one day. She just thought it would be because of being a movie star and not because she was a criminal.
1: (laughs) So I'm not gonna lie. I was actually just thinking about the shoes Beyoncé was wearing in that music video. Okay. What year did you say Bonnie was born? <laughs>
0: 1910. <laughs> okay.
1: What? That was a pivotal fashion moment, and I've I've just been thinking about it for a couple minutes and not listening to details. But I'm back. I'm back. 1910. Bonnie's cute. They live in West Texas. She loves some movies. Her dad's dead. Dad's dead. Miss that part too. Yeah. My
0: bad. Uh, Well, that is important because in her second year of high school, Bonnie meets Roy Thornton. He's about her age, and they decide to get married just in their second year of high school, so as sophomores, six days before her 16th birthday.
1: And that's legal?
0: It is legal because they're both about the same age.
1: Okay. Texas is like, fuck it.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> because her father had died, her mother was working at a factory and Bonnie herself really didn't have any prospects, right? She, there was not much she could do besides wait tables or maybe even be a maid. So the idea of getting married to somebody who would take care of her he's seemed. He's
1: 16. How is he going to take care of her? What is he? What are his prospects? It's
0: 1910. He's going to go get a job. I don't know. Work <laughs> the fields. Actually, no. I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to go rob shit. Is what she didn't know this at the time. What? He was just going to go become a thief. Uh, yeah. So she gets married to this guy, and then he just is like, "Hey, I got to hit the road. Got a job. <laughs> uh, go to steal stuff somewhere." And then he. <laughs> leaves for months at a time wow and doesn't have money doesn't leave her any money and so she decides this is not a great setup yeah he was just frequently absent abusive when he was home and she decides she's not going to put up with this she moves back to be with her her mom
1: how long are they married or like together
0: they are married so they only are together for about three years okay until she would have you know turned 18 19 finished high school she didn't Mm. They're married for the rest of her life. She will die married to this guy even after she meets Clyde. Mm. But she dies wearing the wedding ring from this marriage because it turns out if you're a criminal, you're really not incentivized to go into a courthouse and try to get your divorce. Yeah. So it turns out the paperwork is not really their strong suit.
1: There are some states that are kind of like common law marriage, where after enough time has passed, the dissolution of marriage is just like a notarized form.
0: Like common law divorce, basically. Yeah. Well, I don't know
1: if that still exists, but I know that that happened.
0: She died with the wedding ring, so something about it stuck with her.
1: Well, I mean, you can keep the jewels. Dang. <laughs> That's true. If he hits you for three years, take the diamond.
0: Yeah, good point. Yikes. Clyde, on the other hand, was not absent. Okay. So let's go back to the beginning for Clyde. He was born Clyde Champion Barrow. No way. Champion is literally his middle name. Why would
1: you not immediately change? Why would you not go by Champion or Champ?
0: He goes goes by a nickname, but he chooses (laughs) Bud. He literally has (laughs) Champ in his name and he chooses to go by Bud. Yikes. Come on. Come on. It was right there, sir. It's, anyway, it's
1: also so close. Like those are all the things someone would say to little league players, like, Oh, nice job, Bud. Good job, Champ. Keep it up.
0: Yeah, Champ was right there. Ugh, He's not very strategic, it turns out. <laughs> At the beginning. Clyde champion Bud Burrow, <laughs> born March twenty fourth, nineteen oh nine.
1: All right, I was listening this time. That's that's in the brain bank.
0: Got it. That also means it is time for Elliot's Geology Corner
1: i'm excited to learn about some rocks in texas
0: yeah well you will be surprised to know that for people <laughs> whose birthdays in march their birthstone is the mineral aggregate heliotrope mm. which comes from the greek helios sun and trepen to turn but it is also more commonly known as bloodstone. Wow! How appropriate. The bloodstone is this opaque kind of green jasper, mm. and it has little red flecks in it that look like specks of blood. So it's a fairly appropriate uh, birthstone. Wow! For our hero this week, Clyde's born 1909 into a poor farming family. Mm. He's born south of Dallas. Remember. She was born kind of west Texas only moved to Dallas but he's he's born in the Dallas area. He's the 5th of 7 children and uh they were they were so poor when his parents moved out they spent their first several months living underneath their wagon that they moved out there in oh. until they could afford to buy a tent to move into. So like the tent was their upgrade once they arrived otherwise they were just sleeping under the wagon.
1: That sucks.
0: Yeah. So he was real poor. He was he had all kinds of dreams of getting out. At first, he decided he was going to join the Navy to do this. So as a kid, he tattoos or either himself or gets somebody to tattoo USN for US Navy on his arm. Mm. I mean, like, real big commitment real early on. <laughs> Hadn't even talked to the Navy yet. <laughs> really wishes he had. Yeah, you don't even know if the Navy wants you. Turns out they did not. Uh, he'd been sick as a kid. It was either yellow fever or malaria, but either way, he was kind of sickly and he was rejected on medical grounds. And so he took that pretty hard. That was his first big hope. He had some other dreams like music. He played guitar on the farm. He taught himself saxophone.
1: Motherfucker he, doesn't have a house, but he's got a
0: saxophone. Apparently somehow he learned saxophone.
1: Good for him. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I uh, did not succeed on making him a saxophone star, though.
1: I know how to play the saxophone and I am not a saxophone star. That's
0: that's a mistake of your own choosing. <laughs> Any but, saxophone
1: agents, call <laughs> me. I can You know what? I'm proficient in saxophone up to like uh, high school level, but what you really want are my bassoon skills. So call me.
0: Yeah, why don't we bassoon agents, that's the real money makers. Okay. <laughs> so, Navy and Music are not working out for Clyde. His older brother though, Buck has some shady friends. And they tell Clyde they can help him get himself a better life. And he falls in with this crowd and he decides crime is what it's going to be.
1: Is it crime is what it's going to be or is it crime is what it has to be?
0: Crime is what it has to be, essentially, because there's really not many prospects. Right. It doesn't start off even as a full life of crime. Sure. The first thing he gets arrested for is they get a rental car and they don't return it on time.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: So it wasn't really dramatic, but it gets him a record. They get caught with a truck of stolen turkeys shortly after that. Turkeys. Stolen turkeys. Alive? Gobble, gobble. Alive.
1: There's trucks. Oh, like a...
0: A truck of turkeys. Like
1: a... A turkey truck. Taking them to slaughter. Yes. Okay. Not well, like not like turkeys hanging out in the cab of a truck just chilling. They're like transport, a transport truck. Yes. Okay.
0: They stole some turkeys <laughs> okay. with a truck. Oh, God. It goes downhill from there.
1: So are they booked on the, the crime of stealing the turkeys or the truck, or is it a both ands? I think it's a
0: both-and. <laughs> I don't think the truck or the turkeys were there. I don't think they brought their own truck to the turkey farm and rustled the turkeys. <laughs> I think this is a crime of opportunity. <laughs> oh, look, it's a truck. What's it got in it? Turkeys? Sounds good. Hop in. Let's go.
1: Also, then you have a truck of turkeys. What's your plan? Get
0: What's- caught, apparently. Didn't have a plan after that. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't going to go to a market and be like, hey, you want to take a truck of turkeys? Two for one deal. Take the truck, take the turkeys. No, they got caught immediately.
1: It's like they hand one turkey over and a like blue dye explodes. Yes. Knows it's stolen <laughs> just
0: turkeys. turkeys covered in dye. Yes. Uh, he does try to have a few real jobs, but he's always got side gigs of cracking safes, robbing stores, stealing cars. I mean, basically just keeps up with petty crime to pay the bills. Sure. By the time they are both 19 or 20, so this is the year 1930, Bonnie and Clyde both are living in this abject poverty in the West Dallas slums, essentially. It was so bad that when the Great Depression comes, things actually don't get much worse because they were already about as bad as they could get. Right. It was just very clear to everyone there that not only were they going to have to scrape by to make it, but there was like almost no hope of getting out right there was no way to materially improve their lives and it is kind of with this resignation that bonnie and clyde meet in 1930 in january for Mm. the first time they're immediately smitten with each other she's technically still married to this other guy but yeah that was over right and they just fall in immediately for weeks they are basically the only two people that each other see uh they fall deeply in love uh, and they are only separated when Clyde is arrested and convicted of auto theft a few weeks later. Goes on to immediately spend the first two years they know each other in jail.
1: That's kind of like our love story, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, after my grand theft auto conviction. Sure. When you had gotten out as well, mm-hmm. our love really blossomed.
1: It did. It did. It was all of the, um, the longing and <laughs> yes. distance.
0: That, that really kindled that early flame. Mm-hmm. Unlike our early love, Bonnie really loved Clyde.
1: Don't stop.
0: Because when he was in jail, she loved him enough to bring him weapons secretly to help him escape. Of course. Which you never brought from me.
1: You know what? You know what? That is fair. Bonnie is down. I just left you. <laughs> yes. Just for clarification, Elliot was never in jail, but we did meet, fall in love very quickly get married very quickly, and then but spend then spend a year...
0: Long distance. Long distance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it worked out.
1: You know, there were times I thought about bringing weapons to your home. Oh, but good. for different reasons. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair mm. enough.
0: In their case, the weapons worked out. So he's in Eastham Jail, which is a hard labor camp in Texas. Once he gets these weapons, he uses them to escape within the first year, um, but he's recaptured shortly and brought back to the prison. Mm-mm. When he's brought back... Things go from bad to almost intolerable. So content warning here for people, violence and sexual violence. While he is there, historians have discovered that there are accounts that he was repeatedly sexually assaulted while he was in prison. The guards either were complicit or didn't do anything to stop it. Sure. But whenever he, whenever Clyde ultimately had a chance to get revenge, he, while in prison, uh, retaliated by attacking and killing his attacker with a pipe. In prison. In prison. Wow. It's the first murder charge for him. He crushes the guy's skull with a pipe. Another inmate... Well, sorry, it wasn't his first charge. It was his first murder. Mm. But another inmate who already... Was serving a life sentence without possibility of parole took the fall because wow. it would they couldn't add to his sentence. Yeah. Uh, and so Clyde escapes getting charged with this, but it is the first time he kills anyone. He is also facing hard labor in the fields every day, and decides that he's not going to do it
1: that must be so hot and brutal.
0: Yeah, right? So you've got all of this, like, lack of safety, right? Physically getting violated. And he's like, I'm not going to do this hard labor. So he comes up with a plan. He decides he's going to chop off a few of his toes. No. No. And he gets With an, the weapons with that it, she... With an axe that he has as part of the work detail.
1: They just give prisoners axes.
0: Yeah. What you going to do? Cut off your toes? Apparently. Or Apparently. each other. Yeah, maybe. I mean... Maybe. My right, guess so we... is that prison standards in the 1910s in Texas, not that rigorous in terms mm-hmm. of like inmate safety.
1: And of all the things that Bonnie could have ostensibly smuggled, the and all of the ways that she them. could have smuggled weapons in, an axe was not going to be one of those <laughs> Yes, things. the
0: axe was not the thing she smuggled. Okay. So he gets this plan, and it's unclear whether he actually cut off his own toes, uh, or if he got somebody else to do it for him. But he succeeded. No. He cut off the toes. Ah. And he also successfully prevented himself from having to work in the fields. Uh Uh-huh. The unfortunate irony, it's not really irony, it's irony in like the Alanis Morissette sense, but the unfortunate coincidence is that at the same same day he was cutting off his own toes to avoid the prison camp. Mm Uh-huh. His mother was petitioning for him to be released with a pardon, and he received it. What? So six days after he'd cut off his own toes, they were like, all right, you're free to go. No! And he's released from prison. Uh,
1: I mean, I can't imagine he also got good medical care, so it's not like he has, like, healed up toes that no. were just cut off. He In fact, has, like, a mangled foot now.
0: Yeah, yeah, mangled foot. For the rest of his life, he's going to limp. He's never going to be able to walk correctly ever oh, again. No. In fact, when he drives, all of his, like, getaway driving and everything, this will come back to haunt him, but... Uh, he can't wear shoes. He has to. He has to take off his shoe for his right foot to drive because apparently, with, with the wonkiness of how you work the pedals, he couldn't do it wearing shoes. Wow. Yeah. So it didn't work out for him. Okay. But he did get paroled. Wow. He was at this point a different person according to everybody who knew him. He had gone in as like a kid, right? Like mm-hmm. nineteen, twenty years old. Uh, he had gone through this violence, right? This sexual trauma the cutting off of his own toes uh he comes out unrecognizable to the people knew him one of his it was his sister marie said quote something awful sure must have happened to him in prison because he wasn't the same person when he got out he changed from a schoolboy to a rattlesnake
1: and that's on trauma
0: (laughs) yes that is (laughs) turns out the coping mechanisms as you would expect are not going to be super uh adaptive right there's a historian, John Neal Phillips, who's written a biography of Bonnie and Clyde, and he says at this point it becomes clear that Clyde has one overarching goal, one unifying theme to all of the violence and all of the crimes that he will commit from this point until he dies. And those are, one, to stay out of prison, okay. and two, to exact revenge on the Texas prison system. Wow. Because he is just forever furious about the abuses he suffered there. It sounds like rightfully so. After 20 months in prison, it's now 1932, Clyde is released, and he finally gets to reunite with Bonnie. From this point forward, the two are almost inseparable and go on a crime spree that lasts about the next two years until their very violent ends
1: wow it's only two years
0: two years is all it is so this is for, for all of has however large this looms in the cultural history it was basically just it was actually like 21 months of them just causing utter mayhem wherever they went
1: describing that crime spree like a new mom talks about the age of their toddler
0: <laughs> yeah right it's not <laughs> like even a one
1: month uh crime spree yeah i would have guessed it to be at least five or six years. You think of it as like the whole decade, the whole 30s.
0: Yeah, no, the Depression was definitely the whole decade. Yes. Uh, But the reason they get conflated, right, is that they started to gain this reputation as bank robbers. And in the Depression, when they were making this conscious decision that they would be criminals, like that was going to be their thing now. It wasn't going to be a side gig like, you know, he had other jobs and was a criminal on the side. Mm -hmm. They were going to go be criminals. Their timing was perfect because this is right about the same time that Americans were really starting to see banks and bankers as, you know, as a real source of this misery that the Depression was inflicting on people. Ah. So there was this kind of overlap in the popular psyche between these people who were sticking it to the bankers. And everybody else who has felt like they were suffering at the hands of those bankers. Mm-hmm. So there started to be conflated this kind of Robin Hood sense that they were, you know, doing something that was in some way just. Plus, you know, people were desperate for entertainment and anything to take their minds off of the conditions of the time. It fed into that. The story fed into that. And it was definitely perpetuated by the media in America. Complicating factor is that none of it was true. So Bonnie and Clyde almost never robbed banks. And when they did it, they didn't do it together. He, he robbed some banks, but not with her. Their goal was basically, they just wanted to collect enough money to go and do this plan he had, which was to go back to the prison where he was abused and storm it and let let all the inmates out.
1: How would they do that?
0: Well, they were like, okay, we're going to need a bunch of guns and we're going to need a bunch of money. And so they're like, what do we do? They thought about banks, but the banks are complicated for them because they were just like well-protected, they had guards, and so instead- Whenever it would happen, Clyde would usually go with some other men that they had in their little gang mm-hmm. uh, because they had more muscle. When Bonnie and Clyde were actually together, they would like, knock off little mom and pop corner stores and gas stations, basically just like, to get enough money to like, make it to the next town. Usually in fact, she wasn't even involved at all. She was sometimes a getaway driver, but it seems like most of the time she would just stay back at the hideout and wait no. for him to come back. She was not big into the life of, life of uh, violent crime in sure. the same way he was
1: she liked the spoils the riches
0: yeah yeah exactly and and when right and when there were mom and pop gas stations right like they would go in and and rob them together sometimes but like this is this is like 5 and 10 dollar robberies right Ugh. like this is not yeah like glamorous stuff they're like going to somebody who's making, who has a small business who's struggling in the middle of the Depression and like stealing their pocket change. Oh, God. The other thing that means is that they have to perform robberies a lot more frequently <laughs> yeah. than the other would. I'm just
1: doing the math right here. I'm like, okay, so if they need a lot of guns and a lot of money, which, by the way, is also the U.S. Uh, <laughs> military industrial complex plan, just a bunch of money, bunch of guns. Yep. They were ahead of their time. They are going to need a lot of it, and it sounds like... $5 does not add up quickly.
0: No. The other thing is it made them really easy to track. Like, the reason this only lasted 21 <laughs> months is because, like, every couple of days they've got to go rob someplace else. Right?
1: Yeah. And what could they be? Just, like, I don't know, 20 miles ahead?
0: 25 yeah. 25 miles? So, we'll get to kind of what their movements are like, but... Essentially, they're going down the road. They gather different people to help them at different times. They have a gang that's as you know, it's as big as eight different people, but it's n- usually no more than like five at a time. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're going down the road and they're traveling through the Midwest and um, they've got a strategy, but I'm not going to give it away yet. Oh. Okay. But they're like hopping town to town, trying their best to stay one step ahead of the cops. At one point, when they do try to get more hardware, mm-hmm. uh, actually guns from a hardware store specifically, Bonnie actually gets. Caught. Oh, no. But because she's a woman, Mm -hmm. they put her in prison while they're, like, getting the grand jury together and they never charge her. They didn't realize, like, how involved she was, but they basically release her.
1: Did they think that she just, like, oh, she's actually not capable of doing this crime? Essentially. Yeah.
0: Right? So, at the beginning, they had no idea and they were just looking for him. And so, she's released shortly after. Got it. The real change in how efficient they are comes when Clyde's brother, Buck gets released from prison mm. in March of 1933.
1: Buck and Bud, back together again.
0: Yeah. Buck's real name is Ivan.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So, see, you <laughs> know what? I could see changing that. But if you've Buck, got... is,
0: Buck is, in fact, the, the nickname.
1: Yes, yes. mm mm-hmm. Which, uh, to me, it makes sense that Clyde Champion would change his <sighs> name to Bud. this little little play on that together. But also,
0: come on, you have Champion. I know, Champion, come on. But- Bud and Buck back together. They get together with Buck's wife, Blanche. So Buck, Blanche, Bud, and Bonnie. Wow. I know. I know. Can you believe this?
1: I can believe it.
0: It seems like it'd be so much more confusing. But Buck, Bud, Blanche, and Bonnie all get together. And the four of them now, once he's out of prison, go on and really get their crime act together. They occasionally have a fifth person that's with them, but they go on this series of really bold robberies, which start to make headlines across the country. This is when Buck and Bud or Clyde are are really robbing banks and starting to cause some headlines. They capture law enforcement officers in the process sometimes. What? So because they're mostly trying to stay out of prison, they shoot police officers all the time, but they will frequently also just take people, prisoners, uh, bring them somewhere else and then release them again. Oh, my goodness. In April, while they are in a hideout in Joplin, Missouri, April 1933, police approach thinking it was bootleggers uh, because they're being rowdy. They're making a lot of noise, getting complaints. The police approach the house, and there's a big shootout. They killed two of the officers. They try to capture one, but they don't successfully. The big thing that comes out of this is that they have to basically abandon everything all of a sudden to escape and when they do he has to leave like his guitar that he'd been bringing around with him mm. still playing music but they also leave behind some photos so they'd been taking just kind of photos for fun and some of them were Bonnie and Clyde posing on the side of the road some okay. of them with their arsenal like having their guns splayed out, just like you might see on Instagram today, right? Just on the bed with your guns and money. Yep, um, Yeah. Some Those tracks. Yeah, some were Bonnie, like, with a gun in her hand, chewing on a cigar. She never really smoked cigars. That's, like, but the
1: infamous one. This is
0: the photo, right? Yeah. So at this point, what happens is these photos get picked up by a newspaper and published, and all of a sudden the media story kicks off that they thought it was just... These two brothers robbing banks, but now okay. there's the story of the lady bank robber, and there's and there's mm. photos of Bunny and Clyde together.
1: Well, that's way more titillating.
0: Yeah, like now it's a sexy story, right? Now yeah. it's like these two bank robbers.
1: I mean, who really wants to, who cares about two male bank robbers when you've got this hot one with a cigar and a gun? Like, exactly. Come on. So,
0: this just blows up. Right now, what was already gathering headlines as bank robbery is now a sexy story, too. Mm-hmm. There's photos of her. She's pretty. And she's good at creative writing. Oh. So, she has poetry that she's written. She's written poetry all the way back to her school days, but it's one of the things that also gets left behind when they make their quick escape. And she had written poems called Poetry from Life's Other Side, which included, quote, the story of Suicide Sal. And this poem was about an innocent country girl lured by her boyfriend into a life of crime. And this poem gets published, and it reads, in part... Quote, someday they'll go down together and they'll bury them side by side. To few it'll be a grief, to the law a relief, but it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. And people lose their shit. They're like, oh, my God, this is like the poetic outlaws with the hot girl and the guns and cigars, and it is on the front page of newspapers all across the country.
1: Yeah. And they're sticking it to the banks.
0: Yes. Poetry will do this for you.
1: That is what I have learned. Once again, this reminds me of the poetry that is 03 Bonnie and Clyde when Beyonce says, All I need in this life of sin is me and my boyfriend. And then Jay Z says it, me and my girlfriend.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Right? Same vibes.
0: Same vibes. What can we say? They're That's what poets. we can say.
1: Same vibes. <laughs>
0: Same vibes. <buzz. laughs> As they are on the run from this new level of national press, They go all the way from Texas as far north as Minnesota for a while for the next three months. In May, they try to rob a bank in Indiana. They rob a bank in Minnesota. They kidnap two people in Louisiana while they're stealing a car. Again, though, when they kidnap people, they're kidnapping them and generally releasing them a few hours later far away from home, but sometimes like with new clothes and money to get back home and things. Okay. They basically kill people whenever there's someone who is threatening their escape. Okay. But they tend not to kill people recklessly or for no reason. So if they've Mm. got somebody surrounded and they know they're not a threat, Mm -hmm. they generally will just take them captive. But if somebody could potentially capture them, take them back to jail, they don't hesitate to kill them, whether it's a civilian or a cop or whoever.
1: Where are we at in the body count at this point? Because I only have like four in my head.
0: Yeah, at this point, they've only killed about four or five people. Okay. But they've kidnapped many more. Sure. We're now into the summer of 1933. And Clyde, who is driving with his shoe off, Mm -hmm. only a sock Mm -hmm. from his severed toes on his foot, is driving recklessly. Bonnie's in the passenger seat in the front. They're speeding along the roads of north rural Texas. And he misses a detour sign that says, warning, the bridge is out ahead. Going about what people estimate about 70 miles an hour. What? They go off of a bridge that doesn't have a second half. No. And crash into this dry riverbed. Holy shit. So the car smashes into the ground. Yes. And as they are trying to pull themselves out of this smoking wreckage... Without a broken neck? Without a broken neck, apparently. No. Wow. They realize that the car's battery... ...has ah. shattered, and there is battery acid leaking all over Bonnie's right leg. No. Ah. So they are trying to pull her out, but apparently the burns go all the way from her hip Ooh. down to her ankle. Oh, my God. And... At,
1: they've got to be bad. And they've parts be of bad. this, they say... Is this a content warning moment? Is it gruesome?
0: Yeah, just a little. Okay. Okay parts of this burn apparently you can see all the way down to her bones yeah uh, oh it is just horrific oh so my gosh. they pull her out of this wreckage they get to a nearby farmhouse they find some baking soda which will counteract the acid and
1: how did they know that they never even graduated high school
0: oh that's the kind of farm science you got to know I guess uh, yeah wow I, I mean
1: you can't go to a hospital
0: acid, yeah acid and acid and base right but they they stop the the burns the chemical burns and start wrapping it up. Oh my gosh! The farm owner goes to call the police and they kidnap the farm owner. <laughs> uh, the police show up though and they kidnap the the police chief and the other police officer. That is come. it, just the two of them? Um, no. So there's still the four of them in the car. There actually was a fifth person at this time, okay. right? But there's five of them in this car. They they're all trying to like you know take care of it they, because of all of their experience with mm-hmm. gunshot wounds. Mm-hmm. They managed to save her leg, uh, meaning it's not totally gone she's never gonna be able to walk again right but they they managed to not have to like amputate it but they definitely can't go to a hospital right so they've now got multiple police officers and farm people kidnapped that they're trying to figure out what to do with she's in a ton of pain so they wrap it up from this point forward. She's because she can never walk. Basically, she's just going to be like in the car. If, if she has to go anywhere, Clyde's is going to basically carry her on his shoulder. Right. Like oh just like gosh. throw her over his shoulder, like get around. Like that's how bad this injury is. But they decide they have to get out of this town. So they, they handcuff the, kid, the kidnapped police chief to some barbed wire out in the middle of nowhere uh, and then hit the road
1: with his car. With a car. With a
0: car. That's not the one they crashed. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And on the way, the only stop they make before the next town is that they figure out there's a National Guard armory nearby. So with their car totaled and a lot of their weapons missing, they break into this National Guard armory and pick up a thirty caliber M1918 Browning automatic rifle. So they have a lot of guns in their time. But... If you ever see gangster movies, lots of times they will show people firing machine guns. This is a big ass machine gun. So okay. this is like the the cartridges here are three and a half inches long. Th- these guns are like submachine guns. They were used in World War One and World War Two, Which is where automatic rifles or weapons, probably the only place
1: they ever belong.
0: Yes. So imagine military weapons at the disposal of these robbers before Ugh. an America where you have militarized police forces, right? Right. Today, police forces literally have military equipment.
1: I mean, a pedestrian can go to a gun show and basically buy military-grade weapons.
0: I mean, you can buy a lot of stuff. Police have access to stuff that is literally decommissioned from the battlefield internationally, right? Yeah. In these days, though, by stealing these National Guard weapons, they have all of a sudden become this tiny militia now. As injured as they are, they are ready to fuck shit up. (laughs) Oh, no. They spend the next few weeks on the road trying to get as settled as they can while they take care of this incredibly nasty wound. Uh, and whatever other injuries they had from driving off a bridge at 70 miles an hour.
1: Do they just go to hotels? Do the hotel clerks not recognize them? Where are they? I
0: Well, so this is pre-interstate system, okay. right? So if you're on back roads in the Midwest, um, the next place that there's this account of is a highway restaurant slash inn mm. around Platte City, Missouri. Okay. So what this place looked like, I saw a picture. It was essentially like a dinery restaurant that had little cabins in the back that you could rent. Ah. So each little cabin had like a garage and a room attached to it. It was basically side of the road places to stay, but there's nothing like a hotel chain, right? I mean, yeah. There's no phone lines running in these places most of the time. Got it. The problem with their approach is that they're just like very unconcerned with hiding. They go to this restaurant that is coincidentally a very popular hangout for the highway patrolmen of Missouri. Got it. And they act suspicious as hell, so they go in, and and Blanche is the one they decide to like send in because she's not one of the two brothers, and she's mm-hmm. not the one with the blown off leg. Sure. And she's like, "Yeah, I'd like a room for two, please. Mm. Uh, we'd like both cabins out back." And they're like, "Okay." And then they he the guy who runs the restaurant clearly sees like four or five people in in this car. Go into both of them, right? Uh, apparently, she's dressed in like this crazy riding outfit that like she liked, but nobody wore at the time. And then they go into town, and they're like, "Hey, do you have anything that could treat chemical burns?" Oh, <laughs> and it turns out, when the police officer they had kidnapped saw that they were trying to treat a I really bad chemical to, burn, right. they told all of the people in the state highway patrol who were right there, ah. "Hey, be on the lookout for anybody trying to treat chemical burns because it's probably the people who kidnapped me." Oh my gosh. So as soon as they go to ask for this, 50 highway patrol people follow them (laughs) back to the cabin where they immediately say, you know, come out with your hands up and it's a showdown. They don't come out. They start this gunfight, but the highway patrolmen are shooting these little, you know, handguns Mm -hmm. and they pull out this fucking 30 caliber machine gun and (sighs) just start destroying everything. So it turns out this gunfight ends because the police sirens all go off. The police officers assume this means their captain's giving them the signal to stand down. Uh But actually, they just blown up all the police sirens with the machine gun. Ah! Like, all the machine guns... Yeah, all the police sirens just stopped. And so, when the shooting stopped, Bonnie, Clyde, Blanche, and Bud, or Bud and Buck his brother yeah. <laughs> all get into the car and they just drive away and nobody follows them because they were all confused and thought that their captain had told them to stand down. So they just drive away from this fight again. Again, incredibly lucky.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to decide if the word is luck. Like I'm not quite sure what the word is because it sounds more like incompetence, less incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like luck. It sounds what's a what's another word for luck where you like it sounds like a comedy of errors. Like, yeah, I it's I don't true. know how to explain it, but luck doesn't feel... It just feels like everything is sloppy.
0: Yeah, it's incredibly sloppy. So it is... I'll put it this way. Even if it, you could say it was luck for Bonnie and Clyde, it is not lucky for Buck. Okay. Because during this process, he's shot in the head. <gasps> he doesn't die. Oh, my gosh. But he gets shot. Sure. And so they're driving away, and they realize that where he's shot in his head, again a little graphic, give you a break, to skip. Um, His forehead is is removed a little bit so you can kind of see his brain. Oh, God. Yeah, and he's awake still. He's not feeling great. Uh Uh-uh. They're no longer concerned about the leg wound as their first priority. They're just looking for some place to deal with this head wound. They find an abandoned amusement park. (laughs) What? Yeah.
1: This is so wild. So they find an
0: abandoned amusement park in Iowa. It's kind of on the outskirts of town. They show up there and they make camp and they're trying to take care of Buck. It seems like he's not doing well. They they start to dig a grave because they're worried about him. Okay. People start gathering around and they see that these strangers have drew, driven up. One of them has gigantic chemical burns on her leg. One of them is shot up in the head. All of them are like... Bleeding and stuff. And they're like, None of them are medical doctors. No. <laughs> and they're like, oh, y'all are those bank robbers they were talking about on the news, right? What? And so like this crowd of like 100 people who immediately then like very quickly turn into 100 people plus police officers surround them.
1: Not a brain surgeon among them. <laughs> Not a brain
0: surgeon among them. It's at this point Bonnie and Clyde barely escape on foot leave the car, leave, leave everything behind. She's just being, like, dragged
1: behind him because he can't walk. Yeah,
0: foot means not running for her. Yeah, oh, she's dragging him or God. he's carrying her. Buck is shot again in the back and dies. Okay, yeah. His wife, Blanche, is captured. So it is just Bonnie, Clyde, and one of their uh, gang members. But at the, from this point forward, uh, things keep going downhill. They they sometimes have one other person with them, but it, their numbers will continue to dwindle until it is just them two at the very end. Okay. For the next six weeks, they decide they're going to have to try something very different. Uh, So instead of all of the standard things that they've done, which are stay in the Midwest between Texas, Oklahoma, the same area, they go out far west to Colorado, They head south to Mississippi. They still do armed robberies, but they shake up their routine enough where the cops who are following them are a little bit thrown off. The same bulletins aren't reaching the cops wherever they're showing up.
1: Yeah. So you just said they go out to Colorado. They're in Mississippi. They're like
0: they zigzag back and forth. Right before they'd been going in this little tiny circle around Texas, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. Arkansas, Louisiana. Now Um, they're moving like a gator. Yeah. What we found out. What we're going to find out is that the thing that had been serving them well is that they had family in North Louisiana in northeast Texas, and what they and all of the police officers had this rule where they weren't allowed to cross state lines sure. to follow them. And so what they did is they went in this little circle around all these Midwest states and just hopped jurisdictions so that they could outrun the next bulletin that was warning people. Instead, after this kind of very traumatic shootout where his brother dies, they zigzag back and forth, Colorado, Mississippi, places they'd never been, places that aren't looking for him, and find another armory to rob. So he goes... And finds an armory in Illinois, Clyde and Jones, the other guy that's with him now, just the three of them. He gets three machine guns, handguns, a bunch of ammunition, and they let Bonnie's injuries heal a bit.
1: That's, a, that's an action-packed six weeks.
0: Oh, it is. Early September now, 1933, they decide they're going to risk it and run back home to see their families. Every four months or so, they'd been home to see family of some sort. It's the reason they've been going in these circles. In fact, one of the things that makes them different from most gangsters at this time is that they were actually very close to their families. Okay. So most gangsters uh, were not visiting home regularly because it turns out it makes you much easier to catch. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. But they were big into trying to help out their family. And so whenever they like, scored money, they would go and try to leave some at their, at their, at their parents' house. Whenever they were injured, they used it as a place to crash and try to heal up. Yeah, both of their families were really devoted to them. In fact, some of their family members are going to ultimately end up in prison because they were aiding and abetting them criminals. <laughs> uh, but they do things like they drive past the house and will throw a Coke bottle with a message in it to mm. say, like, we are outside of town to meet me, right, after Got dark. Yep. So that the police can't listen in or, you know, catch them. They get back home and the families try to help how they, however they can. Mm-hmm. But this is gonna be the last time they essentially get to see their families before it's all over.
1: Ew. They show up and they're like, here's your Labor Day present. It's two machine guns. <laughs> <Yeah. Not
0: laughs> do quite. with it what
1: you will. Re-gifting is fine. <laughs>
0: Those are for work, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they do several small-time local robberies in the Dallas area. The deputies are starting to catch on. Of course. They narrowly avoid arrest that November. There's a trap waiting for them. Clyde kind of senses something's wrong, drives past and escapes, and then they're just heading out of town for the last time. On their drive out, they as they avoid this trap, the police have a machine gun for the first time, shoot it through the car, hit both Bonnie and Clyde in the leg with one of these bullets. So now in addition to her limp and his missing toes, they both have a leg that has a machine gun wound in it. The other well. leg? You know, it didn't specify if it was the same leg for either of them. Sure. If it was... Probably keep your same system, whatever it was that was working for you. <laughs> if it was the other leg, you got to work out a whole new system now all of a sudden. Oh my God. It's at this point that when they realize, okay, we think we understand what's happening, a grand jury issues a warrant for their arrest. It Yet- took
1: all that to get it. An arrest warrant.
0: Yeah, well, so at the time, that arrest warrant was actually for a murder that had happened 10 months earlier. Shit. They just hadn't had enough details about them to fi- to track down which suspect they thought it was. But now they finally tied it back to Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Yeah, it's the only one where the woman's smoking a cigar and can't walk.
0: That's yes. the one. <laughs> yeah, well, so this, this is what happens. Once they realize now that they're in the national news, that she is part of this crew, one of the things that happens is one of the murders gets made... To sound more fantastic than maybe it actually was. Mm-hmm. A farmer was talking to a newspaper and claimed that he'd witnessed it and he just started really exaggerating Bonnie's part in it. He said that she not only had been like holding the gun, that, that she had shot down this farmer and then like laughed at him as he fell to the ground, really fabricated all of it mm. according to all the real reports, but the newspapers ran with it. People like were like, Oh, it's the Femme Patel, uh, public opinion really turned on her and them as a group at this point. Uh-huh. And that's when the walls started to close in because anywhere that before they've been able to find like a friendly town at a little bit or just like avoid the police. Now public opinion was really not on their side. This is also the first time that the police in Texas offer a thousand dollar reward, not for their capture, but for their bodies Yeah, and that's never a good sign.
1: No, it's like when Caravaggio had that warrant, like, kill him. Please kill him. Kill him on sight. Kill yes, him on <laughs> sight, yeah. And everybody was like, okay, cool, no problem. Caravaggio's like, oh, what the fuck?
0: Yes, that is that is the moment we've gotten to.
1: Wow. $1,000 is like a lot of money
0: then also, right? A $1,000 in the middle of the Great Depression. Right. And if you're saying, yeah, just for their bodies, Clyde at this point basically gets the message, uh the walls are closing in sure right and so january 16th 1934 mm-hmm. beginning of the new year he finally orchestrates the escape of his friends from the Eastham prison there's the wow. Eastham breakout and he goes he brings his three machine guns And kills a bunch of guards and and gets out, like, three of his friends and several other people. Really? Oh, yeah. Just, like, storms the fucking prison and wins. He gets away, kills a bunch of guards, gets his friends out. The press is all over this. Texas is really embarrassed because they're like, oh, shit, not only did we put this, you know, bounty out on this guy, but he just, like, walked right into our office, (laughs) took (laughs) his (laughs) friends out, and then left again. And so now... Instead of just having a bounty, there is an organized effort to be like, we got to put an end to this.
1: Right. At what point are Bonnie and Clyde not thinking, like, let's go to Mexico?
0: Yeah. They had basically resigned themselves to...
1: I mean, yeah, she wrote a poem. I guess they did.
0: Right. They they were not taking efforts to lay low. Mm -hmm. They were getting more and more brazen, Mm. you know, seemingly with resignation that they knew how it was going to end. Wow. But they get their friends out. Um, He has achieved his goal of extracting revenge on this prison in the Texas Corrections uh, Department. Mm -hmm. So the sheriff that was in charge of this prison, Joe Crossan, on his deathbed, he made one of the Texas Rangers pledge to him that they would go and catch these people. And they promised. And so right after this happens, the Texas Rangers decide that they're going to be the ones to go and get Bonnie and Clyde
1: promise is a promise.
0: Yeah. So Texas Ranger Frank Hamer agreed to take the case. Um, He started tracking them in February, like a month after this prison break.
1: Can we take just a quick detour? Like what are Texas Rangers and how are they different than cops? Do you know?
0: Yeah. So Texas Rangers at the time, so they still exist. I don't know what they look like now. Uh, At the time, Texas Rangers were law enforcement that basically had no jurisdiction. So kind of like state police. Okay. Um, But there weren't highways or anything so there was no highway patrol. It was like a a statewide sheriff. You have a more jurisdiction than a you know, a city police officer, mm. but in a place as big as Texas, Got that's it. like a gigantic area of responsibility. Okay. One of the Texas Rangers starts tracking them, following them around, and for months is just like a few days behind them. Okay. Can't catch up to them. But eventually, studies their movements and realizes that they are doing this circle that's skirting around the edges of these five states, avoiding they're... this this rule or using this rule that people's jurisdiction ends at state lines mm-hmm. in order to avoid these bulletins that are warning cops that they're coming.
1: So they've stopped the zigzag. They're back to the circles.
0: They go back to the circles. Ugh. Yeah. And because Clyde was just so consistent in those movements, Hamer charted the path, predicted where he was going to go, and realized that the next route through would be time for another family visit, and specifically to one of their accomplice's families in North Louisiana. So, he goes, he gets his posse of six people, and they go and they wait in front of the dad's house of this accomplice. All morning, all day, all night, into the next morning, about to leave, like 9.15, They're packing up, and they hear this Ford V8 car just coming down the road at 70 miles an hour. And Hamer's like, okay, wait, wait, wait for it. And just one of the six guys is like, fuck it. He just stands up as the car's coming at him full speed, starts firing into the road as they're coming down the road.
1: What? And this is still in Texas. They're not quite to Louisiana.
0: they made it into Louisiana, but But they got special permission from the Louisiana governor. They have one Louisiana uh, representative on the posse, one Arkansas representative on the posse. They basically tricked them by getting all of these states to agree to this special group that had jurisdiction in every state. And followed them, and were able, able to surprise them. Little
1: Captain Planet strategy there. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So, to quote from the Texas Rangers account, each of us six officers had a shotgun and an automatic rifle and pistols. We opened fire with the automatic rifles. They were emptied before the car got even with us. Then we used shotguns. Oh, God. There was smoke coming from the car, and it looked like it was on fire. After shooting the shotguns, we emptied the pistols at the car, which had passed us and ran into a ditch about 50 yards on down the road. (laughs) It almost turned over. We kept shooting at the car even after it stopped. We weren't taking any chances. Wow. Later accounts said that the first shot of the first gun got Clyde right in the head.
1: No way. He
0: died instantly. Wow. They heard Bonnie's scream. Of course. The first shot did not get her. No. But one of the next 112 shots that their <gasps> bodies did. Oh, God.
1: They had, each of them had a 100, there were 112 There were
0: 112 bullets. bullet wounds b- between them.
1: Wow. Yes. What was left of them?
0: The embalmers, who, who happened to know them, it was because sure. they sent them back to Dallas. They were friends of the family. Oh. <laughs> he actually couldn't successfully embalm them because there was not a lot left to hold the
1: liquid in
0: yeah he actually had difficulty with it um that's
1: horrifying
0: they wanted to be buried together Okay. but Bonnie's mom never really liked Clyde didn't think he was a good influence on her daughter so didn't allow them to be buried together Mm. Clyde ended up getting buried next to his brother Okay. Bonnie was buried in her own family plot in Dallas They're thought to have murdered about nine people. No, nine police officers, yeah, and four civilians in total. Because of that, and the fact that they're, you know, steal from the banks, give to the poor thing wasn't really true, and they were just really sloppy overall. Definitely have to say, Bonnie and Clyde, not my hero.
1: Not my hero either. Even the romanticized version of them is a little too adventurous for me.
0: I'm, I don't know. You don't, you don't see the appeal in... Uh,
1: I, I don't really like bad boys. I'm not... I'm also not... I don't really like being that rebellious.
0: Hold, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying I'm going to have to recalibrate my entire bad boy persona?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. <sighs> I mean, I opened with Beyonce and Jay-Z. That is like the threshold <laughs> that I can tolerate for romanticized
0: drama. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: It's a fine story. I mean, it, I mean, it's not a fine story. They killed way too many people. <laughs> they sounds like they experienced a great deal of suffering, caused a great deal of suffering. And um, thinking about this, as you were saying the dates, last week's episode, Joan Crawford, this was when she was like peaking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So these
1: two worlds are happening at the same time. That is like hard for my brain to reconcile.
0: Yeah, Golden Age of Hollywood was to keep people distracted while everything in the world was falling apart around them. And unfortunately, right, Bonnie and Clyde became a media narrative that was essentially a form of entertainment for so many people during that time, right? They fantastic... They... What's the word? They made it much more fantastic than it actually was, Mm -hmm. right? They romanticized it in a way that made it escapist, when in reality, it was just a lot of sloppy secondhand crooks stealing robbing mom and pop shops.
1: Sure. And if folks want to hear more sloppy second-hand stories from crooks, where can they find us? <laughs> I know that you're supposed to do that lead-in or whatever, but <laughs> I just had it. So you can take the lead-in now.
0: Where can they find us?
1: They can find us on social media at Your Pod or on our website at meetyourheroespodcast.com.
0: Yep. And please like, share, rate, review, spread the word, tell your friends... And until next week, don't be a hero. Don't be a hero.
1: Bye.